Hello, friends, and welcome back. My guest today is Josh Forth. He is a cinematographer based in Aurora, Illinois. On his YouTube channel, he posts short films documenting everything from a typical day to behind the scenes of a wedding shoot and global missions. His goal is to inspire you to use your God-given talents to bring him glory, to live your life to the fullest, a life devoted to following Jesus. Now it's time for the wise and wonderful Josh Forth. everyone welcome back to the creative struggle podcast today i have josh forth with me josh how you doing man good good man how are you good man good dude it's funny thinking back uh the history of this podcast you and i actually started this podcast <laughs> yep that's true yeah we did the first, beginnings yeah man the first couple episodes you did together and now we've we've gone separate ways and different creative endeavors and dude i've always been so fascinated by you and your filmmaking how old were you when you like first started i mean i could go back on youtube and actually look at the date but i want to say like around 12 is when i started so i was looking at casey neistat his daily vlogs i would look forward to his daily vlog every day it was like an event in the morning that i'd go and watch peter mckinnon jr ali i was just like consuming a lot of filmmaking youtubers and i was like oh like i want to be like casey neistat so i even kind of like i changed my room i hung up posters and pictures and like and the whole, use like, that, marker like, yeah and, yeah the black tape with yeah. the white yeah yeah yep so i was trying to get like that kind of art style which is actually what his mentor did as well like that kind of messy look kind of crafty like messy look but anyway casey neistat was probably like the biggest inspiration for starting youtube so it wasn't even filmmaking it wasn't cinematography it's just like oh i want to make a video and post it so like other people can you know see and comment and just interact with people before that did you create videos before you were 12 were you like you know using your mom's phone or some random like you know 30 dollars camera or did it really all start around 12 my older brother jared uh he had this little like point shoot he would take everywhere so i didn't but like together we would make like the stupidest like weirdest <laughs> videos like you'll ever see <laughs> um well the internet i see these though oh uh, they're on google drive so oh okay that's halfway probably there. not but yeah they're on the cloud so you know could be leaked or whatever but and then my older brother also had this gopro i think it's the gopro i actually gave you yes yeah 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 so that gopro uh, and we took it to chicago it was like one of our first trips going to chicago together um and we basically just filmed like a couple time lapses <laughs> like some random footage but that kind of like sparked an interest in like oh going to Chicago it's something I can do with other people um and so I think actually the next year I went with Jared and this time I used my phone and I filmed a like Chicago travel video sort of thing and that's actually on my channel so I was actually looking back through a bunch of your videos today. So some of the videos that we made together, I'm like looking back at them bro I'm so impressed by your filmmaking and your I don't know 
16 at the time or 15 at the time when you were making those films and just like you had so much sound design it was incredible i was like oh my gosh i was like listening like i closed my eyes and i was like dude there's like so much going on in the background and it tells so much of the story so like tell me what is it about uh storytelling that compels you like what what specifically i mean storytelling it's like very complex and it's like pounded it was pounded into me and i think it's pounded into a lot of people that like Story is king. You have to tell stories. Like it's the most important thing, almost to a point where like it's painful to hear that. But when you actually try to like make a video, like oh, oh like I can do this. I have this idea. Um, I'm gonna like go to the store, buy something, and bring it back, and that's like my story. They can be as simple as that, but it's just like it's so much more complex and harder than you think. Yeah. H- how does someone write a compelling story? Like what what are elements that you need? I think just breaking it down into like a three act structure. And I didn't really answer your first question, but I was getting to it where it's just like the complexity of it. And I don't know, like it's so satisfying once you actually have like a cohesive story. And that's like what draws me in. It's like when I see those stories and it's just something that like really inspires me and like affects me on an emotional level. And so at that point, it becomes more than just like a video or a movie. It's like, like when you walk out of the movie theater and you have that feeling like, ah, like that moved me, you know, you can take things from that and like bring them into your own life even. So yeah, just like a complete story that moves people is really what draws me in. And yeah, I'd say just go for, go for a three act structure and basically a story is someone that wants something and the journey is them trying to get to where they want. So let's say I want a coffee. That's like the setup. So that's act one. And then let's say there's a problem, like my car is almost out of gas or something and gas is really expensive. <laughs> so that's like, there's a want and there's a setup and there's like an obstacle. And so the second act would be the journey, like me going and filling up, spending $70, going to the store, like getting the coffee. And then when I come back, I have what I wanted. And then in a good story, like the character will change. So I I would be changed from that journey, from that experience. Talk about the art of mastery. How does, how does someone do it? I know you had a couple of books where you talked about maybe six or eight months ago, they're like 20 page books. Um, Like how do you, how do you, yeah. what, What is the art of mastery and how do you, how do you master something? I mean, there's that figure thrown around. It's like the, 10,000 hours. So I think it really is just like putting in time. I think it's pretty simple, but it has to be something that you like, you're willing to put that much time into. So I definitely haven't put 10,000 hours into filmmaking. Uh, Like I've, I've put a decent amount and yeah, I can see like the progress just from putting in the time, like just from doing the work and actually like making films. So I think it's just all about time just putting in the hours in your circle. Do you have a lot of people who are filmmakers and things like that? Or like the people that you have in your circle, what do they, what do they tend to do? What are their tendencies? Do they, do they make content on social media or are they just kind of work, uh, you know, other jobs? Um, yeah, I have a few filmmakers, uh, filmmaker friends. It's not as many as I would want, but I'm starting to kind of meet like some more people even on Instagram and TikTok. So it's definitely like expanding even more than a couple years ago. I barely had anyone that even like owned a camera who I knew. So yeah, it's definitely expanding and I want to even like take it further, meet more creatives. Yeah. Something that I've been seeing cool happening in the space is you have people putting on their resume and it depends on the type of job, but putting on their resume their YouTuber, like su- subscriber accounts, their how many people they have on Instagram or they have on Twitter, like 
and putting that on their resume as something that like represents their skills. It's, it's fascinating. I I never thought about that way. And then I saw a TikTok of someone like, yeah, the job that I have right now, I got it because I put down, I have 200,000, you know, followers on TikTok and I did it in, you know, four months or six months, whatever it was. And it's fascinating. Obviously some companies are going to be like, I don't need to be on social media, but like for the ones that are more like content based or the ones that are more media companies, they see that and they go, oh shoot. If I can hire someone to do that, then, and I encourage that in the workspace, they'll create a TikTok and they might use my, you know, brand, they might use my service or product and instant right there is free marketing. Plus it gives that person content. So it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. It's really, really fascinating. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Or do you like, I don't know if you ever saw that coming that like people would literally be putting down how many followers they have on Twitter and be like, yeah, I got like, you know, 150,000. It's just like content is so valuable right now. So like a single TikTok, depending on your following, could be like 10, like 20,000. It's just like, it's crazy what brands will pay um, just for like simple social media content. Just because like what it does, obviously it brings in attention to their brand and attention is online. It's on social media. So it's insanely valuable. But yeah, I actually interned for a media company and they told me like, yeah, they look for people who have a cool TikTok, um, a cool Instagram or YouTube or whatever, like that's who they hire. So it's just crazy. A following is worth a lot. And yeah, content is just so valuable in this day and age. Where's your focus? I know you have so many different things that you're working on. Where are you kind of navigating with all the different projects you're working on? So yeah, I, I do like, I do tend to focus on too many things. And I read a book called Essentialism that kind of helps me to like really narrow in where my focus is. Um, So I wrote down on like a sticky note the other day, I wrote two words. So Ethra, and I'll explain what that is later. And then YouTube. So basically, I just want to try to like push YouTube content, pair that with TikTok content to kind of like just push growth, um, but towards YouTube and kind of do like a vlog style, uh, documentary style about like filmmaking, my life, um, trying to start a business. growing that business and just like overall like thoughts, like my experience as a 19 year old filmmaker in like America, it doesn't seem like too exciting to me. Like it's my life. Like it's not that exciting, but like to outside people, like even in this country and out of this country, it's yeah. like, it's definitely more interesting in their eyes. So yeah, that's one focus. It's one lane. And then the second one is Ethra films. So I do want to take it into more of a production company. Uh, So taking on clients and just like clients that really inspire me and that I want to work with. And yeah, just kind of like bringing their vision and their value and just like amplifying that through filmmaking, through visual art. And yeah, that's the whole business model of Ethra Films. So Ethra and YouTube, I'm just focusing like solely on those two things. What are, what are some productivity hacks that you have uh, kind of acquired over the past couple of years? Like what, what's something that helps you to get tasks done or get projects done faster than you, you thought you could? So definitely Pomodoro timers. So you set like 25 minutes, just focus like deep work into something. Um, then you rest for five minutes and you just, in those five minutes, you don't touch what you're working on. You just step back and then you do like, however many of those you want to do. But yeah, I find that that kind of like having a set time, having like boundaries really helps me uh, just to like focus in. It's just, it's kind of like a mental thing. You're almost saying to yourself, like nothing else matters for this 25 minutes. 
And I feel like that's kind of how you get into like the flow state where you lose track of time and yeah, even go for more than 25 minutes. Yes, dude. Yeah, that's a big one. Exactly, bro. I will not, dude, I cannot tell you like last week I had one of the most productive weeks I've ever had. I got so much done. Yeah. I edited three, four videos, got them all done in like two days. And then on top of that, I worked another two gigs on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday worked one more gig and then Sunday rested. Yeah. Dude. And the only way I was able to do that was through time constraints, right? You have something called Parkinson's law. And yep. Parkinson's law is, for those who don't know, is whatever time you set uh, to finish a project, it will be done by then. So let's say like you have a paper to write and you have six months, so you're in college, right? You got six months to write this research paper. You will wait and it will be done in six months. Mm. But if you set it to where you had to write, you know, in, in a month or in a week, you would have it done by then. Like, like let's be realistic. Definitely. But you have to focus in and probably would be better too, because you'd be focusing on it on a week versus over a month where you're just slowly chipping away at it. Yeah. And so for me, what helps me, and this is going to sound like so like hyper, like hustle, but like my day starts the day before. Okay. So what I do is like at night. So like in a couple hours, what I'll do is I'll sit down at my desk and I'll book out the next day. Yeah. So I'll literally time slot. I'm going to get up. Here's what's going to happen. And then in this time, and I allow so much buffer room especially for anyone starting to do this, allow, if you think it's going to take you an hour to edit this clip, put two hours in, put three hours in. I, I put three hours in. It was this one clip yeah. and I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take me to do. And because it's a new type of content. And so I was like, I'm going to put down three hours and it took me three hours. And so the next day, yeah. I was like, can I do it in two? And it becomes this game. It becomes this game that you try to like beat yourself at. You're like, okay, how can I, how can I like, okay, this is an hour. Can I get it in 45 minutes? And yeah. then it, it's like so much more rewarding because then I structure my morning to where it's like very hyper in the morning. And then I break workout. I don't work out every day. I work out like mm -hmm. three times a week and then I'll break midday, go work out, have a break for an hour or two, right? Shower and then hit it again in the afternoon and then stop, have dinner, yeah. pleasure read, hang out with my family. And then I just kind of do it all over again. The thing that is so interesting, and I'm actually making a piece of content about this, um, is when people give advice, they're giving advice from their point of view, exactly how they're feeling right then and there. And they understand it. Mm -hmm. But when they try to translate it to you, there's something called uh, detachment theory. Mm -hmm. And this is where you have someone who's an expert and an amateur. And so when you're watching people on Instagram or whatever else, and they're an expert in some sort of field and they're giving advice, they have forgotten what it's like to be an amateur in some respect. Yeah. There's a detachment there. And so when they give advice to you, they kind of forget a little bit of the beginning struggles that they had. And so there's a bit of a gap there. And so if you try to copy paste exactly their routine or whatever they're doing, it's not going to work. None of this is formulaic. Like you think about it in anything, anything in life, in Christianity, there are clear principles and things we are to do. But as far as living out the Christian life and what it looks like of like, okay, well, if I just... If I just read my Bible every single day, if I just pray every day, then it'll get me this. It'll get me this. It'll get no, no. It's about the mm. heart. So it's not for me. Like nothing is. There's certain principles you can take and apply them. I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on on that. Well, what do you think about? I don't know if you've tried. Like I use Google Calendar. That's I'm a you know PC user, but um, yeah. you know that's that's what I use. I don't know what what you use. Um, yeah, I kind of do the same approach uh, with Google Calendar. So. But it's more of like a weekly thing. So yeah, I'll block out my entire week. And yeah, usually for editing, I'll only block in like an hour or two. Um, when you were saying that, I was thinking it's kind of crazy because once you do get better, build skill, then 
the time it takes for you to like edit things or do anything that you're getting better at, right? Like it goes down like so much. So usually it only takes me like an hour, half an hour to do most like in my edits. And if you're working by the hour, like that's not the best, but I, I don't know. <laughs> no, but that's, but that's it, dude. I think this is why I hate working for like when someone's like, oh yeah, like I own you for 40 hours, basically. Mm-hmm. I think that's awful. I think everyone should work. <laughs> I'm making such a big generalization here, but I think anyone outside of the labor force should mm-hmm. work project-based project or it could be hourly, but I, I think project-based is probably the best thing because what that does is like, yeah. I think of my position right now, the guy I'm working for is he's got a set amount that he pays me and we negotiated that and I knew how much work I needed to do. But because I know how much I'm getting paid and how much time I think I need, whatever it's say, it's uh, you know 20 hours a week. I am very competitive and saying, can I do it in 15? Mm. And then well, what do I do with that extra five hours? Oh, I can allocate it towards my own content. I can allocate it towards something else. I can actually take some time and read that book that I've been sitting on my shelf for, you know, eight months, you know, like (laughs) you you, you start to like, versus like, oh, uh, I have to be here for 40 hours and that's it. Mm. So what it does is it it weeds out the people who are not uh, self-motivated and are not ambitious. And you need some people to just do the grunt work. And some people just want to clock in and clock out and they don't want responsibilities and that's okay. But for the people who really want it, the best way to incentivize them, what incentivizes me is like, here's what you're going to get paid. Uh, I'm going to structure that around what the work you're doing. And if you can get it done in an hour versus three, kudos to you. Yeah. No, yeah. It definitely should be like a set price. I feel like whether that's project or like a day rate, because how many of those 40 hours are you like actually getting stuff done for? Like, there's no way it's 40. It's probably not even 20, to be honest. Like, if you look at actual, actual, like time versus work, like getting done, yeah. it's probably yeah. a lot less. A hundred percent. And you have studies going on over in Europe where people are trying out a four day work week. It's happening in America a little bit. There's a couple of companies uh, in Utah that do it, but in Europe, pretty popular for everyone to work like a four day work week and yeah. their overall quote unquote happiness has gone up way more. People are excited to come to work on Monday because they have an Mm -hmm. extra day because they're not really working 40 hours a week. If you're commuting to work, that's like maybe 45 hours or 50 hours a week, mentally too, everything like that. And then dude, imagine having a wife and kids like, and balancing everything else, man. I I watched these guys in my, in my, uh, in my church and community group and the way they balance it all, man, they're so focused on Christ. They're so focused on him to give uh, them strength. It's incredible. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's crazy, man. I mean, I'm excited eventually to be a dad and have kids, but like, man, it's crazy already. I'm like, I'm a single dude and I'm trying to balance everything. And it's just like, how do I, <laughs> how do I even do that? Yeah. I don't know. It definitely adds another layer of like stress and more problems that you have to deal with, but you know, they're good problems. I feel like I was reading a quote by CS Lewis. Um, and I'm going to kind of botch it here, but he basically said that, uh, if we find, if we can't find anything here on earth that satisfies us, then the probable explanation is that we weren't meant for here and we're not, we're meant for heaven. Yeah. Like when you think about it, go all the way back to Adam and Eve, they were gardeners and that's what they were supposed to do. And they were supposed Mm -hmm. to work. And that work was satisfying. When we put in work, sometimes we feel satisfied and we get it done. But most of the time it's like, ah, I didn't get everything I wanted to accomplish Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. It's never enough. 
No, it's never enough. Yeah, you're right. You, th- you think of all these celebrities and, and people that eventually just like absolutely lose it because they've quote unquote had it all and they still feel so mm-hmm. empty. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's so interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was I wanted to talk to other creatives. I wanted to talk to other people who work to nine to fives, other people who work 24 seven, other people who work part-time jobs and ask them like, what do you do to balance it all? How do you keep the realization that like what you do is not who you are, what you own is not who you are? Yeah, I think balance is, I mean, I don't want to say everything, but as far as like work life, like balance is just, it's so important. Even like mentally, let's say I post a YouTube video and like my identity is entirely in that YouTube video in my filmmaking abilities or whatever, which I mean, a lot of it is like, it's important to me. But yeah, especially like when I was younger, like my whole mood, and my whole day, like even week would be affected by like how that video performed mm-hmm. and like how I personally like felt about it. But yeah, it's good to just take a step back and be like, I'm not my work. And it's hard with artistic work because a lot of yourself is in that work. It's almost like a reflection of you, but mm-hmm. it's not you. And like how people engage with it, it's not, they're not engaging with you. It's just your work. And it's good to like create some separation. It's uh, it's a hard balance, man. I was thinking about this the other day of like, there's a guy in my community group who was kind of feeling down. Uh, he said like he hadn't read his word in a week hadn't prayed much. And, uh, you know, just kind of sharing a bunch of other things and, you know, the other brothers around him um, gave him some encouragement. And then one brother was like, what are you feeding your spirit? Cause the guy mentioned that like, he'd kind of taken some liberties that he probably shouldn't have. And he asked him, yeah, what are you feeding your spirit? Mm-hmm. And he gave him the analogy of, you have a bonfire, right? Let's say you throw a bunch of trash on it. How is it going to burn? Kind of trashy, <laughs> right? Mm. But if you set logs on there and you stoke the fire, it's going to be blazing. And so while your wick might be kind of kind of smoking right now, it's not really like going, maybe you're not really on fire for the Lord. You have to understand what are you, what are you feeding it? Think about the movies you watch. Think about the music you listen to. Think about reading the word. Like whether or not you think reading the word, you see the value in it, Mm. there is value in it. It literally is living water. It feeds your soul. So whether or not you think like, ah, man, I just, I feel energetic. Like I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah. You're not always going to feel that way after reading the Bible. I think you definitely can. But if I say the Lord is really my priority, what am I doing about it? You know? Yeah. Am I really setting aside time in the morning? or midday or whatever it is to just be still. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, <laughs> it's been interesting over the past couple of months, kind of shifting priorities. And then like, it's crazy how some weeks you can be feeling so on top and the next week we're not. Yeah. And typically the weeks you're feeling on top is like either you did something really cool and productive or you like went to a bunch of, or at least for me, like you went to a bunch of like Holy Spirit nights or you went to a bunch of worship nights or you did a bunch of, uh, acts of service where you were just giving, like, yeah, what are you feeding your spirit? I think that's a good question to ask whenever you're feeling like, ah, I'm feeling far from God. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you have to work for God's love, but you have to still put forth effort to seek the Lord. He says, seek me and you will find me. So you still got to like put in effort, but he's yeah. right there. He's, he's like, Hey, I'm ready to go. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I've definitely like, I've definitely been closer to the Lord um, than I am right now. And I think it's exactly what you said. It just comes down to, yeah, like reading the Bible. And I don't know, it, it is like, 
kind of is a habit that you have to form and it's definitely discipline. Yeah. To just build that every morning, uh, setting aside time to do that. But if it is really something that's that important, you know, in your life, which it is, (laughs) then yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't set aside time. And like, I'm preaching to myself here. (laughs) No, same, same bro. And that's the thing, man. Another quote by C.S. Lewis is like, most people don't need to be taught. They need to be reminded. Hmm. And think about that, man. We need to be told the gospel every single day. We need to be reminded of it. That's why we have church. That's why we have brothers and sisters in our life who hopefully are asking tough questions and know what's really going on. Yeah. So then the weeks where you're like, hey, man, I am I'm lost. I'm drowning. You're able to reach out to those people and they know where you're at. Mm. or they don't know, but you're able to share because you've built that relationship with them. Yeah. Josh fourth, ladies and gentlemen, Josh, if people want to learn more about you and the things you're doing, where should we send them? Uh, so YouTube at Josh fourth and then YouTube at Ethra films. I'll be posting tutorials there. Uh, so editing cinematography. I just filmed one today. Those two YouTube channels would be great. Uh, Instagram, I post a lot of stories. Just same thing. Josh underscore underscore fourth. Awesome. Thanks, man, for coming on to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to my conversation with Josh. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider subscribing on whichever audio platform you're on.